0: Welcome to the Play Well for Life podcast. Join us as we discuss the lost art of parenting through play and how parents and grandparents can use games to build better relationships with their kids. For more information on how we can help, please visit playwellforlife.com. Hi everyone, great to be here again. So I'm really excited to have Noir Katzeer here today, who's an independent artist specializing in concept art and illustration for mobile games in the animation industries. She studied art in Jerusalem and also runs incredible workshops to help others learn to express themselves through art and to make beautiful images. So it's so great to have you here today Noir and you're you're our first artist that I've interviewed so I'm really excited to hear you talk more about how you use your incredible artistic skills to sort of create lovely games. So if you want to start by just telling me a bit about your background and how you came to do what you do.
1: Oh, thank you, Sarah. Uh, so I studied animation in uh, the Academy of Art and Design in Jerusalem. And after I graduated there, uh, I realized that I am not really an animator. And I came a full circle around back to my first love, which is just drawing. And as I was you know, taking random freelances, I came about uh, the mobile game industry, which was just at the beginning of the industry in Israel, it was very new. Uh, So I had actually an opportunity to begin as a single artist at a gaming company that was a startup. And through there, I found found like an entire world that allows expression and how uh, art can help other people really enjoy themselves and how art can be a product as well as a message. Mm. So basically like everything seems today very much connected to one thing to another.
0: Amazing. And I think it's really interesting because I know um, one of the benefits of working in a small game studio or a startup as the only artist is you get the sort of freedom to explore all different bits of the concept art. Was that your experience in that startup?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, uh, it was my first real in-house art job as a regular art job, not just like a freelance thing. And basically because I was the only artist there, I was the concept artist, I was the animator, I was the asset creator, I was the UI designer, uh, I was the marketing art person. So I basically did everything that had to be done creative wise, but also because I was the only creative in the team, I got to work very closely with the CEOs and the programmers and really understand their needs and their way of thinking of how games influence other people and what needs to be done artistically wise in order to achieve that goal. Because sometimes it will not go in the same path that I will choose if I were to do like just one single illustration to post on a wall, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it, it takes time learning the interaction and communication style that needs to be done for gaming.
0: Okay, interesting. And um, what's it like being a freelance artist in the games industry? Well, to be
1: honest, right now, I am actually, uh, because I have my own studio right now, uh, I teach, I also do freelance. And one of my clients right now is the company that I started with. How amazing. Yeah, so it was like this year, it was like uh, coming back to the people that I really appreciate but just couldn't continue doing in-house work for So now we actually get to collaborate in a freelance type of of collaboration. Uh, So I'm really happy with it because it gives me the freedom that I need time-wise but also allows me to work with people that I appreciate.
0: And have you found that, um, because I often... I, I used to be a freelance musician and I often found that you know, there was always that tension between projects you really wanted to work on and projects that you needed to work on to pay bills. Do you mm. find that's the case or do you sort of get to pick and choose what you what you work on?
1: Well, let's say this way, the art that I'm doing as a freelance right now is definitely not the style of art that I present in my personal portfolio or my personal works because I basically inherited someone else's art style but within that you know because we have to accommodate to our client but within that you can always find something interesting and exciting to explore in. so basically yes it's not maybe the artistic style that i would choose for myself but it is very challenging and very interesting to do at the same time and i think as freelance artists we very often have to accommodate to a client and their needs uh, on top of our own needs, you know, it's like you, you can't always say this is my style, and just expect your client to say, "Oh, I like your style, come here." Because sometimes people will like your style, they like our, your approach, but they also have a product they need to maintain.
0: That's really interesting. And for for people that are thinking about joining the art the industry as an artist, um, what's your kind of recommendation? How should they how should they start out, or what should they be looking to do?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think the first thing when people start in inside the art industry, first of all, there's a lot of art industries within the art industry. So when students come to me with that question, the first thing I ask them is, what do you want to do? What is your dream without limitations in a perfect world? Not, was, not what is tangible right now for you, not dependent on what the industry is right now, but what is your dream? Because if you shoot for the stars, you may reach the moon, right? So mm. even if you don't reach the star, you still get somewhere close. And that very often uh, sometimes surprises people because they think like, oh, I have to be uh, calculated. I have to be realistic. Art is hard there's a lot of competition. Yes, but at the end of the day, when you're being hired, you're being hired not only for your skill, but for how you are as a person performing that skill. And people who don't do what they like, especially in arts, they basically, they they tend more to burn out. They tend more to be an obtrusive uh, team member Uh. and, and unlikable to work with. So it's better for you to try and go for your goal. And every step, even if it's not your dream job that you get right now, make sure that it leads you, it contributes to your dream in some way that you know that, okay, I do this right now. I don't like the majority of it, but I do like some of it. And I know it will benefit me in the future. Because mm. otherwise, if you're, if you're doing that, you will turn your art into a day job. And that's not what we're here for.
0: And that's a really, really useful bit of advice, I think. Um, And I love that idea of, you know, aim for the stars because you might get to the moon. I think that's so nice. Um, And how do you particularly, I guess, if you're working for clients and it's not your art style and some of the challenges that can bring, how do you keep that passion and creativity sort of day in, day out when you've got sort of tight deadlines and things like that and working to a brief
1: well, I think first of all, I think there are a few approaches to, to go through that. First is like, do your own thing at your own three, make sure you have free time to do your own thing. Because otherwise, if you're not doing the art style you like, and you're just paying the bills through that, and you have no other time, you don't have uh, free time, you don't have exploration time, then you you will get burned out really, really quick. So it is important to set aside time for yourself just to explore your artistic style or your own personal projects. And we all, I think we all seen in that, uh, that we don't do that enough. Um, I think the other thing that might help people that feel that their art job had become a day job, that they don't do something that they like, is try to find the puzzle in it. That's what I like doing. So if you get an, exi- uh, an assignment that you don't particularly like, and you just want to get it over with, try to find something interesting within that assignment. For example, if you get certain style that you don't particularly like or a character that you don't particularly like. But you do like the idea of, say, exploring uh, textures, right? So you can utilize that aspect of something that you need for yourself. You can utilize that in your professional day-to-day work to continue growing as an artist. Because I think that in the end of the day, the place where we get frustrated is is when we don't feel the progress and we where we feel like we are being held back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it's like finding a gain within an assignment is always helpful because you know it's like, hey, I've done this thing. I can power up. I can reap a little bit reward for myself. You know, knowing that whatever you do advances you.
0: Nice. And what's the best project you've worked on and why? It's hard for me to quantify the best project, but I think the project
1: that I enjoyed most is actually one of my very first projects where I wasn't experienced, but I got to create an entire game language and art style uh, that is completely my own. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't appreciate that enough at the time because I was so new. I didn't know how rare it is to have that opportunity. So I did enjoy it. It was a lot of pressure, but looking back today, that's the kind of projects that I would love to work on today, even though it might pay me less, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like where you have like complete freedom that your team really uh, trusts you to create that language. That's amazing.
0: Yes, I know that's um, one of the things Sam, our artist, enjoys, is the sort of freedom he gets from the sort of small studio approach. Mm -hmm. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning, you're now running workshops through your studio and teaching and all of those things. What's inspired you to, to go on to help others to learn?
1: Well, I think in my character, I was always a helper, to be honest. But I think I have a lot of gratitude to the people who gave me my first real big time opportunity. Uh, Bobby Truque, Sadera from Imaginism Studios. Uh, I did a workshop with them a few years ago at their Imaginism House workshop, and they took me on to their Schoolism Live workshops as a helper. Um, so when I came back to Israel, and by the way, also Stephen Silver. I came back to Israel and I quit my in-house art job. And I was like finding myself a little bit uh, on, you know, a little bit of an island because I was like, okay, now I'm a freelancer, what am i going to do? And when the opportunity came to help Steven Silver come to Israel, I was just like, yes, let's, let's try and make it happen, you know? So it was like, what I learned from Bobby and Kate, they always told me like, pass it forward. And I felt like this is a way for me to pass it forward, what they taught me and what they gave me to give people in my area. Because Israel is a little bit, as much as we are a Western-style um, country, uh, it is harder for us to go to conventions in Europe and the United States. And there is no such thing. Before I began doing the workshops that I do, uh, there was no something similar to that. So. I did want to try and bring some of the vibes and the feelings that I had through the schoolism workshops Mm -hmm. to Israel to help people who can't go outside and afford the travels for it. Um, So that's where it all began for me. And I think like even now that I do one-on-one mentorships, it also comes from that to give people what is not available right now and what I didn't have and would have liked to have if I were at that, their stage.
0: Wow. And how, How? so tell us about your workshops, what sort of things do you cover? Well,
1: the workshops are basically meant to give the local art community the tools and experience in person, the personal experience to learn how to be a better artist, but also get to know how the industry outside of Israel works. Right. Uh, so. Basically, the workshops that I do are, have been so far uh, very intense, uh, two to three day workshops with one single artist. So you spend a lot of time with that artist and learning about their process, how they think about stuff, get reviews, do actual exercises during the workshop itself, which is very, very important, I feel, to really integrate uh, the information that you're given. So you're not just listening, but you're experiencing the craft with the artist that is they, teaching it to you.
0: Amazing. And I've also seen that you run art challenges and the artwork people are submitting is just absolutely amazing. And it just looks like you're really building community. And I wondered, how is how have you built that community?
1: Well, I did run some art challenges in the past through my Twitch stream. And the purpose was like just to, to have fun with it and get to know people from all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Right
1: now I'm a moderator for the Lightbox Expo uh, Discord channel. So, for, so the latest challenges that I posted online were actually not mine. They were Bobby Chu's challenges that I just help moderate and spread the word. But basically when it comes to community building, my approach is that if I like something, there are probably some other people out there that like the same thing as I do. So I try to reach out to people who I think might benefit from it. And I also ask them like, what would you like to have? What are you missing? And so that way we can like really accommodate to them and their needs. Mm
0: -hmm. Because at the end of
1: the day, community building is finding the people who vibe the same way with you, but also showing them how you are and how how to be in that sense because yeah when it comes to community it's all about authenticity i think i've seen a lot of communities rise and fall because the intentions of the founders of those communities were not in very authentic if you if you get my drift so when when i work with a community it's just important for me to give to be able to give and i don't expect anything back in return because if I do that, it won't be right for me.
0: That's interesting. And yeah, I think, I think particularly at the moment, building communities is often seen as a vehicle to promote or a vehicle for a personal agenda. And it, I think that's a really interesting point that actually that means it's probably not going to end up being sustainable. Because I think in the last year, particularly with the pandemic, there's been a real need for more community because people are online, they're maybe not getting their community that they've had traditionally in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, How have you found that sort of transition to more online working? How's that affected your creative process? Well,
1: I did a lot of online working as it is before the pandemic started. What changed for me mainly is my focus. So um, if before my focus was the workshops that I did, one of the things that I emphasized is having the physical attention, that an artist physically comes here to Israel and personally interact with people, uh, because that's something that we just don't have. And so when the pandemic started um, and the skies closed down, I had to change my focus. But when it comes to online versus real life, uh, because I I, I don't live in the center of things, I live in a small city outside of Tel Aviv, so basically even like without the quarantines and all that stuff, I still read most of my social life online. I think what was hard is not having the option to go and meet your friends or being afraid in, to be in the vicinity of other people um, because you have the responsibility. If, you could, if I could contract something, that most likely nothing bad will happen to me. But if I pass it along to other people, like my parents then that scares me more so I think like while my routine did not essentially change I had to maintain a better focus and a better attention of how I am with other people and whether it's frontal or online
0: yeah and I think yeah learning new ways to look after ourselves when maybe the ways we used to relax or socialize have to change yeah Um,
1: I realized like a month ago i forgot how to take a break yeah you know, I, I forgot like how it feels like because i work from home but now i don't feel as comfortable going hanging out in you know a coffee shop or uh, even just a park because it's full of children and children cannot take the vaccines right now so it's like i realized like i talked with this with a friend of mine a while ago it's like i don't really know how to take a real break right now because it's like mm-hmm. okay so i moved from my study to my living room. Great. Yeah. Not enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, look, it's, it's these same four walls again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think the
1: vaccines will help a lot, at least in the sense of like a little bit of ease when you go around in public.
0: Yeah. And obviously the pandemic has been incredibly good for the games well, industry. <laughs> um, what, what's your vision for the future of the games industry?
1: Well, you know, it seems like a lot of things are getting interconnected. As the, the more that mobile phones and um, tablets become stronger, I think we will see more complicated and more uh, power requiring uh, gains. Uh, we can already see ARGs uh, coming up that are becoming very, very um, incorporated to real life. And I think in the future in mobile games, things will start, I think there's a good chance that VR and ARG will become more integrated into the game process itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I do find it interesting that storytelling is becoming stronger when it comes to games, especially from independent uh, games that explore different ways to tell a story through a game. And that's, that's a really interesting, you know, genre to, to delve into. Uh, and of course, there are the games that will always be there, like um, uh, the match threes and stuff like that, that will still give people, you know, the time to just relax. So it will be interesting to see how it goes.
0: And as a final sort of thought, to anyone who is thinking of getting into the industry as an artist... What three bits of advice would you give them?
1: I think stay curious. If you lose your curiosity, you won't enjoy yourself. So be curious. The second thing is allow yourself time to be flexible because success is not a straight line. We will go through ups and downs. Sometimes we will have to do a U-turn. Sometimes we will start something that we think we're really passionate about. Uh, but we discover that's not for us,
0: mm. and
1: we have to rediscover ourselves, and I think the most important thing is, like, be kind to yourself, and compare yourself only to yourself, not to other people, because you want to make sure that you're the one who do the job of growing, and not by other people's pace, but but, but your own.
0: Oh that's such nice advice (laughs) especially be kind to yourself and yeah don't compare to others and just focus on your own growth I think that's really important yeah I think Um, we
1: all forget that it's easy to forget that
0: yeah and it's definitely easy to look around and go oh I'm not I can't do that or I can't do that and yeah yeah, and look what I've done since a year ago (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, sometimes
1: we lose sight of, you know, the stuff that we actually achieved. It's very easy to look at someone, even friends that are getting successful and reaping the benefits of their hard work and say, oh, I've, I've done like the same amount of uh, efforts, but I'm not getting anywhere. But when we're in the process of things, it's hard for us to actually notice that. Mm. So it's good to just have a step back and not look back a year but look back five years look back 10 years because the distance help us see stuff
0: yeah and look back and and sort of take stock rather than always looking at where you haven't got to yet
1: yeah yeah Yeah, for sure and it's like things you know it's like in this industry things change so much and so rapidly it's like your target may not even exist in three years you know you have to keep on looking for what really interests you and be be really really flexible because what the the type of jobs that are accessible right now may not be there in three years The, Mm -hmm. the the whole technology is changing the whole community is changing uh the way businesses operate is completely changing you know so so it's like it's really important in that sense i feel
0: Amazing. Well, Noa, it's been so fantastic talking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, really hope we get to speak again.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our products and how to get involved in this podcast, please visit playwellforlife.com.